0: With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. You ever notice how just absolutely miserable people look in really old photographs? You ever wonder why? Now, when I was a kid, my my first thought was just that the world was black and white and everybody was unhappy all the time back in, you know, the 19th century. Maybe there's some truth to that, but the reality is those specific people were probably a little bit unhappy because they were uncomfortable because it took a long time to sit for a photograph back in the day. And today we just snap a quick photo in a fraction of a second, but it used to take minutes, hours, even days to take the earliest photographs. And so what I found really interesting is the actual first photograph of human beings happened by accident. So the world's first photograph of people was actually also the world's first photobomb. I feel like who art ed? We'll to who art we'll Mr. Wood <laughs> art ed me. Yeah. Either way, it, <laughs> it worked so many I, I, I thought it a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, the podcast where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. As always, you can find pictures of the work being discussed linked in the show notes and on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Now, for this week's Fun Fact Friday mini-sode, we're going to talk a little bit about photography. I feel like this episode is going to be full of, like, many little interesting factoids. For example, the camera... Is actually hundreds of years older than photography. The first cameras were the camera obscura. It was basically like a pinhole camera, it was a box with a tiny little hole in it that would project an image reversed on the other side. And the earliest written accounts of a camera obscura date back to China in the 4th century BCE, so quite a long time ago. And some people say knowledge of camera obscuras could have even gone as far back as sort of prehistoric times. People could have known about camera obscura technology. But as I said, the first written records of it date back to China in the 4th century BCE, and Camera Obscura was used by numerous artists throughout history. They were popular in the Renaissance era. Um, many people you know, advocated for the use of Camera Obscura for um, enhancing paintings and drawings to make it easier to render an image. Now... The camera obscura could project an image, but it could not record it. So it was a tool that was used to help in painting and drawing, but we were not creating photographic images until we got materials that would be sensitive enough to light to record the image. Um, Photography, photo literally means light, graphy means writing or drawing. So the photographic process is basically drawing a picture with light. It's recording the light that's hitting something. Generally speaking, we use silver compounds to do that. Silver halides specifically would be used in most film processes. Of course, today it's done digitally. It's recording the the light that's hitting um, a microchip, so it, it's recording that light energy. But But in most photographic processes, especially in the early days, when I say the early days of photography, I'm talking about 1700s, 1800s, they were using mostly silver compounds. Now, some of the, the first methods that actually worked again happened kind of by accident um, there was a chemist by the name of Schultz a, a German chemist in 1717 or around then he discovered that he could make um, a like a, a mixture of chemicals that would be sensitive to light using sort of a slurry of like chalk nitric acid and a little bit of some silver mixed in there as I said silver was a, a key component in a lot of these processes the problem was his his stuff would change colors when exposed to light but it would lose the image as as the bottle was shaken so um he didn't have a way of preserving or what we could refer to as fixing the image uh if we fast forward a little bit um in 1777, Carl Wilhelm Scheele, who listeners might remember from the killer wallpaper episode—the same guy who invented Scheele's green, the arsenic-laden poisonous pigment—he um, was doing a little bit of work with light-sensitive silver chloride, and you know he he figured out that. Exposure to light would disintegrate the silver chloride into like microscopic, dark metallic silver. And so, you know, that was sensitivity to light. When light hits it, it turns dark. And so that produces a little bit of a photographic negative. But one of the the bigger things was he discovered that ammonia dissolved the silver chloride, but not the dark particles. So he was making progress towards a way to stabilize or fix or make that image more permanent. Of course, you know... That discovery seems to have been a little bit sort of forgotten and was not picked up on by a lot of other people. What, what really started to make progress was a French chemist, a French artist named Joseph Niepce. Uh, Nieps. N-I-E-P-C-E, um, cannot pronounce French, not even going to pretend, but he was doing a lot of work with paper coated with silver chloride. chloride and, you know, he was doing, a, doing quite a bit to advance um, the science of photography through his experiments. And he actually created the oldest surviving photograph of an image formed in a camera. Um, That was from 1826 or 27. And, you know, the the thing about that was, like, it took a long time to create that image. Um, You know, these things were sensitive to light, but not super sensitive. Traditionally, it's been said that it took eight hours to take that photograph, but some people like a lot of people are saying, actually, no, looking at these chemicals and, and the like scientists will say it actually probably took like days of exposure. So imagine like you press the button on your camera, you walk away for a day or two and then come back and it just finished taking that photograph. You can start to imagine why the earliest subjects were things that didn't mind sticking around in the same spot for a long time, like a still life or a landscape or buildings. People generally couldn't sit that long for a photograph. And if people were moving in the photograph, they would get blurred or possibly not even be visible unless they were staying still long enough. So then after Niepce we get to Louis Daguerre. Louis Daguerre actually like he worked with Niepce, he knew, he he knew him and at, when Niepce died suddenly, Daguerre um, got all of his notes. He he left them to Daguerre. One of the big improvements that that Daguerre found was that you could take what was called like a latent image, a very very Faint image from a shorter exposure and develop it further using mercury fumes. This was not a safe chemical process. Do not do that on your own if you somehow have access to mercury vapors and mercury fumes, but that's what he was doing. Um, He was exposing his, he was developing his pictures using mercury vapors, mercury fumes. And, you know, the fuming of it helped to develop it and cut down that exposure time dramatically. Cut it down to a matter of minutes. Still kind of a long time for people, but minutes is better than hours or days. So then in the year 1838, as Daguerre is taking photographs and experimenting with that process, he set up his camera to take a photograph of the view out his window. It's called the view of the Boulevard du Temple. And at that, to- at that time, it probably took about 10 minutes of exposure. 10 minutes. And so he takes this view of essentially a cityscape. We see a few buildings and a street and the sidewalk. And the assumption was that that's all we would see. And the reason we would only see those things, because even though it was a crowded street, people are walking. They're not standing still for 10 minutes, So they become just a blur in there. The only thing that's going to show up in the photograph is something that is standing still for the full exposure time. And it just so happened that there was somebody getting his shoes shined. And so there are two people who are captured in this early photograph. A person getting his shoes shined And a person shining his shoes. We do not know who they are. They are the first accidental subjects of a photograph. So as I said, it's the world's first photograph of people. And the world's first photobomb.